What's up, everybody? It is time for another edition of the Big 12 Football Power Rankings. It's great to have you here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So grateful for you, uh, for your time, and of course, for you listening to this show, as many of you do each and every week. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here as we roll through another program. So uh, we will do and start off the show as we do each and every week with our Big 12 football power rankings from 10 down to 1. Don't miss that. And let's start off right now at number 10. And I know reality is starting to settle in for teams at the bottom of the power rankings. There's one game left in the season. They're not going to move much up beyond where they are right now. And that's frustrating. You know, a month ago, it was kind of like, hey, if we put together a string of uh, wins, maybe we move up in the power rankings. How about that? Well, not anymore. Certainly not for Iowa State. The Cyclones are number 10 this week. The Iowa State Cyclones make it six of seven losses by one score or less. You know, we knew this season was going to be a bit of a reset for Iowa State. But with how these games have gone down and the struggles on offense, it may require more of a self-reflection period in the offseason than what we all anticipated. We'll see what happens. I mean, there's two ways to look at this for Iowa State. One side of it is, hey, you know what? Iowa State, they had all these new pieces, guys off to the NFL, and in one of the two toughest conferences in America, what ended up happening? They ended up up coming really close in almost every single game they played that's one way to look at it the other way to look at it is that Iowa State had one of the best defenses in America and may end up winning just one big 12 game assuming they lose to TCU this weekend which you can assume but is I would say likely as 10 point underdogs you can make an argument on both sides of that but uh, you know, there are a portion of Iowa State fans that are being ridiculous and talking about Matt Campbell. Oh, I don't know if Matt Campbell's the guy. Be quiet. Stop. It's ridiculous. But self-reflection is always a good thing. Iowa State stays at number 10. West Virginia, after a win the week prior, moves down to number 9. Mountaineers were basically a no-show on Saturday against Kansas State. Got off to a hot start and never looked back. Uh, they kept Garrett Green in check at quarterback. He had just 17 rushing yards after coming in and rushing for 119 yards against Oklahoma the week prior. The defense could not slow down the Wildcats, and at this point, the big question is, when does all this end for Neil Brown? When and how? Neil Brown seems like a very nice man. I've said it for weeks now. But when and how does this end for Neil Brown is the only question I have left when it comes to this West Virginia season. Because uh, none of it looks good. There's no way he can stay on. He misses a bowl game again. You've had four years to trust the climb, and there's no more climb to trust. Look at the stadium on Saturday in Morgantown for Senior Day. They announced 37,000. It might have been 3,800. It was that ugly. West Virginia number nine this week. At number eight in the Big 12 Power Rankings, the Kansas Jayhawks come in at number eight. They are trending in the wrong direction as well. Losers of five of six, and frankly, This game on Saturday against Texas may have been their worst loss or just worst performance in the Lance Leipold era because of how flat they came out. Senior day, home crowd, people fired up, and 
They just looked less motivated than Texas. Now, maybe Texas had the extra chip on its shoulder, lost last week, lost to KU last year. But, man, KU came out flat. The run defense has been abysmal for most of the season. That was on full display on Saturday. Gave up over 400 rushing yards to the Longhorns. And now KU tries to end the regular season by spoiling K-State's bid at making the Big 12 title game. So that's where Kansas stands, number eight this week in the power rankings. At number seven, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. The Pokes have really hit the skids in the second half of the season. Mike Gundy, for all his successes, cannot beat Oklahoma to save his life. He's 3-15 and 15 in his career against OU. Boy, how ugly was that game on Saturday? Oh, my goodness, that Bedlam game was hideous to watch. Hideous. Um, no matter what, Gundy just can't figure out the Sooners, and it feels mental as much as anything. So two things can be true. You can be very grateful for all of Mike Gundy's accomplishments, seven 10-win seasons, more than double what Oklahoma State had in its history prior to Gundy becoming head coach, but still be bothered by these continued just letdowns against their in-state rivals. And, um, you know, on this season, no doubt the injuries have played a factor, but there's got to be more to it than that. And I think a lot of it starts on the offensive line, which is a complete and utter mess and is more of an offseason conversation to have. At number six in the power rankings, Oklahoma moving up from nine to number six. The Cowboys, by the way, were at seven, down from number five the week prior. Hey, uh, there's three guarantees in life for OU fans. Death, taxes, and beating Mike Gundy for the reasons I just had mentioned. It was an ugly game, and despite the win, it is fair to wonder what the heck happened to OU's offense in the final three quarters. They scored 28 points in the opening quarter, and then, woo, boom, right off a cliff. Right off the cliff. It's bad. But OU's bowl eligible. That streak was in jeopardy, which dated back to 1998. Try to end the season on a high note with a win over Texas Tech on Saturday in Lubbock. And for OU, this is all about figuring out the building blocks for the future of this program under Brent Venables. That's what this year is about. That's what this season is about. And that's what ultimately matters as we look at this year and this season going forward. So we'll be following and watching that closely here on KCMO Talk Radio. At number five, the Baylor Bears. Up from number six, Baylor moving up despite a loss. Heck, they almost got it done. They almost ruined TCU's perfect season. Now, this wouldn't have been the first time. Baylor had ruined two other 10-0 seasons in the Big 12. K-State in 2012 and Oklahoma State in 2015. I remember where I was when K-State got upset by Baylor, RG3 at quarterback in 2012. You guys know that I am now in Kansas City. I do a morning show here on KCMO Talk Radio. But before that, back in 2012, I was working in Woodward, Oklahoma. Now, Woodward, Oklahoma also uh, carries this show at Z92 Radio. Uh, Shout out to my friends there. And for that game in 2012, I was in Kansas City coincidentally enough, for a Bruce Springsteen concert. My wife and I, Kate and I, went up to Kansas City for a Springsteen concert. He was playing at uh, what was then the Sprint Center, now the T-Mobile Center. And it was on a Saturday night, and that was the night that Kansas State was playing Baylor at 10-0. And Power and Light was packed. They had the game on the uh, projector screen at Power and Light District. K-State fans were piled in. 
and it was ugly. Baylor jumped out to a big lead. RG3 was on fire, and Baylor rolled to a win in that game. But Baylor couldn't pull it off this time around. So now uh, Baylor – but Baylor played good. I thought they were way too conservative those last two drives, six rushes for 15 yards. That gave life to TCU and got them the ball back. Baylor's season has not met expectations, but they can still end the year on a high note with a win over Texas on Friday. Next up in the power rankings, Texas Tech at number four. They stay at number four after a good win at Iowa State. Now, I know Iowa State's down, but here's the thing. First off, Texas Tech is now bowl eligible in year one under Joey McGuire. And while Lance Leipold's probably still the coach of the year in the Big 12, despite how the team is finishing... McGuire deserves to be a close second based on what this team has done this season. The defense has exceeded expectations. um, And for Texas Tech to go to Ames, where it's frigid cold on a Saturday night, and punch Iowa State in the mouth, that's not what you've seen for, you know, 15 years out of Texas Tech football. And that was fun to watch. So kudos to them. They're number four. At number three in our Big 12 football power rankings, Texas stays at number three this week. So uh, Texas obviously took care of business and absolutely crushed Kansas on Saturday. They rushed for over 400 yards, and they're still in the Big 12 title race. Let's not forget that. They are still in the hunt for a Big 12 championship. For all the criticism, for all the critiques, for all the you know people questioning whether or not Steve Sarkeesian is the guy, and there's still some of those conversations happening around Austin, They've got themselves in a position to, if they beat Baylor and then KU does them a favor and beats K-State, it's Texas playing TCU for a Big 12 title next week in Arlington at AT AT&T Stadium. It's an all-Texas Big 12 championship, which has never happened before, at least in the modern era, since they brought back the Big 12 title game a few years ago. So, you know, now the talent is certainly capable of being there. They have been a few letdowns throughout the season around uh, the Longhorns. But Steve Sarkeesian has shown the proper growth, I would say, to at least feel like he can be the guy. I don't know if he will be the guy, but certainly to feel like he can be the guy. And that's something that, you know, I think matters as we move forward with this conversation. Number two in the Big 12 football power rankings Kansas State, the Wildcats, are number two this week in the Big 12 football power rankings. They are playing arguably the best football in the Big 12 conference right now. Now, TCU fans might scoff at that, but they shouldn't. The Wildcats have absolutely dominated their competition as of late against Oklahoma State, Baylor, and West Virginia. Yes, they lost to TCU in Texas, but it's fair to wonder if K-State's season would have gone differently had they started Will Howard in each of those two games. He's been the difference in opening up this offense in a way that it simply can't under Adrian Martinez, and I never in a million years saw this coming. We all watched Will Howard the last couple of years. You know, he played quite a bit because Skylar Thompson kept getting banged up, and at no point did I ever see Will Howard being a guy. I mean, forget being quarterback of a team that can win a Big 12 title. I didn't think that Will Howard could be a competent quarterback to have you being bull eligible with a power five team. Like I and that's I just didn't see that from him at all by any stretch of the imagination. 
So he has been, and just in terms of pure growth at a skill position, uh, Will Howard's right up there with anybody in the Big 12 in terms of growth from 2021 to 2022. It has been incredible to watch, and he completely gives this offense a different dynamic. So K-State's number two. And at number one in the Big 12 football power rankings, TCU. Now, it wasn't looking good with a few minutes to play, but Max Duggan put this team on his back without some of his top weapons down the stretch. Down 28-20, they scored twice on their final two possessions for a 29-28 win over Baylor, maintaining their perfect season at 11-0. Max Duggan has earned himself, I believe, that Max Duggan has earned himself a trip to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony after that performance down the stretch. I'm not saying he's going to win it. I'm not saying he should win it, but I'm telling you that with the way this guy has played, he deserves a trip to New York City. What a difference a year makes. This guy lost his job to Chandler Morris last year. And it also goes to tell you what having an offensive-minded coach versus what having a defensive-minded coach can do for a guy, especially a quarterback. Gary Patterson, God bless him. Defense was obviously his bread and butter. On the flip side, you've got Sonny Dykes. He's an offensive mind. He's an offensive guru. And it has paid off in a big way for TCU this season. And now two more wins, and TCU is in the college football playoff as the first and only Big 12 team, not named Oklahoma, to potentially make a college football playoff. How about that? There are your Big 12 football power rankings for the week. I'm Pete Mundo. It is uh, great to be here with you as always as we roll through another show and share with you and talk to you about everything that's happening right now around uh, the Big 12 conference. So I look at this season, and this season obviously only has a week left. And I know it's a cliche, and I say it every year, but it's a little depressing. I know many of you are feeling that way, like I am. It's a little depressing to be sitting there and saying, wow, the season really is over, isn't it? What happened to it? Why is this happening? How did this go so quickly? And I can only speak for myself in the Kansas City area, but I also feel like fall never really happened. Like we had two weeks of fall and then it became winter. So it was really hot. We had like this Indian summer, if you can still say that. We had an Indian summer and, uh, you know, it was hot and dry all fall long. Like through all of October. So I never really felt like we got that fall football weather, at least around here. I know those of you in Waco, Texas are going to be like, it's not fall here until January. But I just, the weather threw me off a little bit, where I never felt like we got into that fall football weather mentality. And before you know it, here we are getting ready for Thanksgiving, and the season's basically over. I mean, it's just crazy. But I look at this year, and this can be a defining year, and I believe will be a defining year for the Big 12. Because this was a year when, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen with OU in Texas. Would they stay? Would they go? Um, Would they hang around? Now we know a few things. They're staying through 2024, leaving in 2025. Now that can always change, but for now, that's what we anticipate to happen. And Texas and OU struggled. Now Texas still may make a Big 12 championship game. It's not impossible. But a lot of people thought that we could get a Red River rivalry matchup in the Big 12 title game. What looks far more likely is TCU taking on Kansas State. I think it's important, and I hope OU fans and Texas fans don't take this the wrong way. I'm not saying I would have been upset if you guys made the Big 12 championship game. 
But for the future of the Big 12, I think you would agree with me here that it's good for the conference that two schools not named Oklahoma or Texas are going to be playing for a Big 12 championship here, most likely come next Saturday at Jerry World. And here's the message as well. If that does happen, and we can talk about this more next week if and when it does happen, TCU and K-State fans better pack that thing to the gills, Jerry World. Uh, You've got to prove that this league in a post-OU Texas world is worthy of playing its conference title game at Jerry World. That matters. you got to make it look big. It can't just look like the AAC title game. It has got to look big. But for the Big 12, you found out a few things here in the last couple of months. You found out, one, your four new teams are definitely joining next year. BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. You found out Oklahoma's going to be here with Texas for a couple of more seasons. On the field, you have TCU, a non-Oklahoma, Texas team, in the hunt for a college football playoff. And, you know, if they win two more games, they're in the college football playoff. That's a big deal. You are likely to have two schools not named OU or Texas playing in your Big 12 championship game next week. That's a big deal. The Big 12 could not have asked for a better season from a standpoint of proving itself in a post-OU Texas world than what has happened so far this year. Because you and I both know what the narrative would be. If OU was sitting right now at, let's say, 11-0, and and Texas was sitting there at 9-2, and right? Let's say Texas had lost to OU and Alabama. They're 9-2, Oklahoma's 11-0, and and everybody else is behind them. The national narrative would be this. The Big 12 will be a glorified AAC when OU and Texas leave. The Big 12 will not be a Power 5 conference when OU and Texas leave. You and I both know that would have been the narrative. That's just living in the real world. That's living in the real world, knowing how the national media treats this conference. And while there still is going to be some of that, I guarantee you, facts be damned, there's going to be some of that. It's not going to be based in reality, and this season will be a great example of that. This season will be a great example of why that's not going to be the case. And then when the four new teams come in next year, I'm not saying any one of them is going to come in and just pop and win the Big 12 title. I find that hard to believe based on what I've seen from those four teams. Not impossible. i got to do a little more research, but based on what I've seen, I don't think it's likely but I think OU in Texas, I mean, you know, OU's got a bit of a rebuild, especially by OU standards on its hands. And Texas, I mean, it's never about the talent. It's just about not having letdowns. And you know those four new Big 12 schools are going to want to have it on their resume. Those guys in that program are going to want to say, we beat Texas. Those two teams, OU and Texas, are going to get the best of everybody in the Big 12, as they always do, but on steroids. And the four new teams... Uh, they are those are the games they're going to tell their grandkids about. When these UCF kids and Cincinnati and BYU and Houston kids are old and in the rocking chair, they'll tell their kids about the time they played Texas or Oklahoma in 2023 or 2024. So that's what's going to make that so much fun for the Big 12 Conference to follow. And, uh, you know, I think the Big 12 is going to prove itself to be a heck of a league, to do a heck of a job, 
and it is going to be absolutely outstanding for this league and for this conference. And I'm just really excited about the future. And this league, or this season, just made me more excited about the future of this conference. Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Hey, podcast listeners, do me a favor. Could you give me a little Thanksgiving treat and leave a rating and a review? Hit the five-star on iTunes and take 30 seconds out for a nice review, and I'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you do that. That's all I'm asking here. It's not much. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll get you hooked up with that free koozie. Thanks for all you guys do. So appreciate you. And we'll talk to you soon here at heartlandcollegesports.com. Covering the Big 12 top to bottom. Take care.